0: Hey this is Ron and this is Roy and welcome to another episode of supply change. Today we're going to talk about the role of technology in the modern supply chain and as everybody knows it's a bit of a soup of words out there right now. You've got blockchain, you've got AI, you've got digitization, you've got IOT Um, and what Roy and I are going to do today is talk a little bit about all of that and hope to uh, add some clarity for folks out there listening. So Um, We'll start with uh, Roy. Question for you is historically, um, you know, what major shifts have happened in global trade due to technology and what do you think were the impacts of those?
1: Yeah, thanks, Ron. So I have to do the history lesson. All right. So let's do a a step way back. Uh, Something called electronic data interchange was something that was down in the 1980s and earlier in the retail segment which was basically an early ANSI X12 standard for having two computers talk to each other. It was very rigid, very hard to do. This is something that I incorporated in when I was at Raytheon, and I allowed my mainframe computer to be able to go through a translator and send uh, forms and data streams off to my suppliers. Again, very, very rigid, very difficult to add any additional. There was certainly no option for uh, for discrepancies in this. It was either yes or no. So we were able to do that early on, uh, and then uh, companies moved to something called MRP, Material Resources Planning. Uh, This was an area to do internally more accurate inventory management uh, and tie inventory to the production line, which then allowed for greater uh, accuracy in the output of requirements to the supply base. So the MRP created more accurate requests and from the bill of material, And then that bill of material would then go off to the EDI program to be able to communicate to the suppliers and back. So now we have a more accurate production line, inventory level ordering process on the direct material. And in the mid 90s came this thing called procure to pay. So these were the e-procurement tools uh, and e-invoicing tools that allowed for a more robust structure associated with what internal customers wanted. So it had nothing to do with the bill of material. The internal customer said, I am looking for a consulting activity. And then you could send more text based out to the consultant in an RFP engine, uh, also known as an e-sourcing engine that allowed for data flows that were outside the limits of a bill of material, things that EDI could not handle whatsoever. But the P2P scenario then allowed for workflow, cost centers, general ledger account structures, so that you could speed the processing of all that indirect activity. So there was significant impacts to how work was done and how accurate the data was uh, along the direct and indirect side. So, Ron, you you mentioned AI, artificial intelligence. So how do you see the introduction of artificial intelligence impacting the supply chain? How is it being used? What is it solving for us?
0: Yeah, so let me first call out the explosion of data that we've seen. So, um, and everybody's seen data like this uh, on a day-to-day basis. But over the last two years, more information, more data has been created in the world than it be created in the le- in all of time. So, we are seeing a, a massive explosion of data out there. And and honestly, we don't have supply chain systems, supply chain organizations. Um, avail, able to manage through that data and power through that data effectively. So what AI does is by automating things like repetitive tasks, it allows us to get that data, draw insights from it, and then run a better business and run a better supply chain. So AI really does allow us to manage a supply chain in a much more effective way. Uh, and in some respects, I like to think of it as um, AI is kind of the, what we've been waiting for for some time where we're in many organizations where data rich and insight poor. I think what AI does, it allows us to be an insight driven, outcome driven kind of an organization and supply chain. And that's a much better way for us to operate. And frankly, it's much better for our end users, our end consumers.
1: We have this massive explosion of something called Internet of Things. So have you experienced that? Do you, do you know what that is all about?
0: Yeah. So, you know, the, the anecdote I'd give to that is, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in the demand forecasting, demand planning space and supply chain. And invariably, our only data point, point to manage distribution of manufacturing is what was being pulled from warehouses. Um, and what we what Internet of Things has done for us is it allows us to get a demand signal far closer to the consumer, far closer to the end users than we ever have before. So there are companies such as that make laundry detergent, as an example, that are able to measure the usage within a particular consumer's washing machine of detergent and feed that data signal back up the supply chain. So we're no longer managing based on uh, when the truck left a warehouse to go to a store. We're managing... Production scheduling, we're managing supply chain based on when John Smith used laundry detergent in his washing machine just last night. So the Internet of Things, and that's just one example. The Internet of Things is changing the way we manage um, automobile manufacturing, food manufacturing, all kinds of manufacturing. Um, and the, the the other piece that I see from a, an IoT perspective is, you know, we're creating products and we're manufacturing products far closer to the specifications of what our end consumers want. So that data point is not just a way for us to manage our supply chain better. Internet of Things allows us to know more about what our consumers and what shoppers want as an end product and continue to, you know, um, improve the products that we're shipping to them and and make sure that we're meeting the needs of uh, our end consumers.
1: Now, Ron, when I was uh, doing some research on this, it was saying that by 2027, there's going to be 150 billion IoT sensors feeding data into the internet. Uh, now, indiv- as personally, I have uh, 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 IoT items on my front door. I've got cameras in my house. Uh, I've got the uh, the Google Home solution. These are all Uh, Collecting voice data, picture data, activity data that's going up in the manufacturing world and in the supply chain world, I see this as IoT taking information that is uh, in a calibration of a piece of equipment and sending that calibration information up through into the Internet. And that is information that the uh, manufacturer didn't have before. It was stuck, it was not transparent, but now you put a sensor on that particular piece of equipment, now that data becomes transparent. And as you move up the supply chain to trucks uh, where you need to understand where the truck is, uh, people hear about the fact that you can track A truck through its entire activity but the idea is you can now maintain the temperature and be able to see the temperature variations in that structure if that's important to your particular product and that you can go through and see uh, inspections that are happening at points of the manufacturing line and of the supply chain that inspection now becomes visible so you can now start to certify those inspections and certify the, the fact that people have insurance and or appropriate warranties and terms and conditions and the quality of the output that we never had visibility before. So I actually see the IoT feeding into that flow of data that will allow AI to become that much more uh, valuable to us.
0: Your call out of A- IoT in that respect also brings to mind the fact that I think there's one of the reasons we haven't managed supply chains um as end to end and as in a synchronized manner as we've liked is because there really hasn't been that level of trust that existed. So we're going to talk about that more in a bit around blockchain. But I think IoT IoT plays a role in that as well, in the in the sense that it generates information that is um, indelible, if you will, that manage that is sent across the supply chain. And your point about temperatures and trailers is a great example where it allows us to monitor that and there's no hiding what the temperature of the trailer was. Um, on a hot summer day in Southern California if um, if that data came off a particular indicator through IoT. So I think it also it creates trust. It creates a situation where we're managing and making decisions off the same data point at both ends of the supply chain, which I think can do nothing but make the supply chain more effective and frankly um, um, you know, far more transparent than it is mm. today. Now they
1: talked a, a lot about uh, the last mile. So you could track your, sh- your shipment from the manufacturer all the way through to the last mile and then trying to get that information right to your door was hard. But now that you have all of this collection activity, uh, you can see the end to end solution set. So we're now getting to the point uh, as as uh, manufacturers and distributors and shipping lines all add their points of record, their IOT into the structure that this data becomes available. Interestingly, I'm hearing from a, a number of companies that they're starting to say, well, we also take weather patterns uh, and data on weather patterns. We take data in on shipping lines. We're taking data in from third-party elements of risk. All those data elements become so vast that it's impossible to manually analyze all that activity. So now we get to the point where we have loads of data but unable to be able to make heads or tails of it because it's too much data. Uh, but that's where once again, AI comes into play and then starts to be able to highlight the, the variance, the things that are out of, out of, uh, specification or find out so that you can actually get a dashboard, which allows you to make better decisions faster in the structure. That ties into the whole automation is the fact that as we get faster and faster data, more accurate data. And as you mentioned, we trust the data because it's coming from the source. Uh, of uh, of that piece of equipment or that transportation zone, that you can now start making decisions relying on the data. And then as that is all digital, it's fast, it's accurate, it allows you to make decisions and then start to bring in things like robotic process automation.
0: And, and you know, I'll, I'll throw an anecdote in there as well. Again, you know, I'll leverage food as, as that's my background. But from a food perspective, historically, the data point that kind of triggered activity within the supply chain was when a product went, went into a store, went into a retail outfit from, from a manufacturer. Um, over time, we were de- then able to expand that to include you know, when a consumer pulled it off the shelf. Um, over time, that expanded to include when a consumer actually used a product in their home. So my example of the, the uh, detergent manufacturer. And then beyond that, from a path to purchase perspective, we're now able to capture data signals within um, social media to say, Look, when is a consumer thinking about purchasing an item? So we now have got a whole bunch of data points that require integration and synchronization from I'm thinking about buying this product to I'm going into the store and buying this product to I'm using this product today in my 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 uh, you, you know my, uh, equipment at home or my, my washing machine and then feed all of that data up the supply chain. Where AI comes into play, I think, is the ability to smartly manage all those data points and make decisions Um automatically using um, artificial intelligence in a way, very honestly, people couldn't do just on their own. So spreadsheets obviously aren't going to work. We need something far more powerful to manage all of those data points, make the right decisions for our supply chain, ultimately to get the right product to, co- to consumers in a very transparent way. So you're right. It's it's not just the proliferation of data. It's the amount of data within kind of an a end-to-end supply chain that requires synchronization for it to be effectively run. Now we have
1: all this, right? How do you actually tie it together? And I think that's kind of where blockchain fits in. I think of blockchain uh, the, though the the, the technical uh, analysis of blockchain in terms of data and managed in clusters of computers all good, but simplistically, I look at it as velcro, meaning the blockchain can collect data on a single string and be able to tie it all together uh, what do, what do you know about blockchain?
0: Yeah, so look you know. Here's my experience and why I think blockchain is so important. So um, trading partners, one of the challenges um, between managing supply chain, first of all, it's a shared supply chain. You've got multiple players. It's multi-enterprise. It's no longer a linear supply chain point to point, multiple players in there. I think one of the challenges managing supply chains and synchronizing is not necessarily always technology. It's a level of trust that exists within that supply chain. For me, I think one of the things, in addition to what you called out, that really is going to make uh, management of supply chain end to end far different than it's been in the past <clears throat> is the level of trust that blockchain brings to those, you know, to that relationship. So there's no longer hiding data on one side or the other of that relationship. Data is transparent. We're looking at the same blocks of data. And I think that's going to make management supply chain far different than it's ever been. And and I'll, I'll give you one example. Um where we were managing the relationship between uh, a food manufacturer I work with, with a retailer, and we actually hired a third party consultant to sit in the middle to cleanse the data, to make sure that there was, um, um, there was transparency of the data that was accurate across both parties. What I see as the blockchain does is it eliminates that need for a middle person that we've seen in the past, because there's transparency of the data. There's, there's no, fudging that data to be um, uh, to, to, uh, to your own advantage, I think it creates transparency of accurate data. And as, as a result, I think you take a very far more end-to-end synchronized view of how you manage that in the future.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you talk about transparency, whether it's direct or indirect, I always wanted to be the low cost customer. And in that regard, I said, how do I get rid of the ancillary costs that are not important in this process? I talk about simplify, eliminate and automate that if I can simplify the process, that means get accuracy. So there are fewer fewer errors or eliminate the errors wherever possible, eliminate the manual interventions that tend to slow things down or or add time to to a particular process and then automate that end to end process. The transparency allows me to streamline and get all of these costs out of the process. By being the low cost customer, I can then go back and work with my, uh, my suppliers and say, I'm, I'm lowering the cost to you. Therefore, you're going to be more profitable in this effort. Let's see where we can take the price point down so that I can actually get more done with, with a, a smaller cost structure. That low cost customer contract gets really, um, supported by the AI, RPA, and then uh, ultimately this blockchain. Now, we also know, though, blockchain isn't all things for all people, and it is still in its infancy in that structure.
0: And and Roy, you know, the last point I make around supply chain, and and we both touched on it, is the notion that uh, creating a transparent supply chain, frankly, is something we've all wanted for some time. So, you know, let's use food again. Everybody wants to know where their food came from. So, And that's, you know, it's, it's never been more critical than it's become over the last few years. You want to make sure that it's, you know, that the products that you buy didn't involve any kind of slave labor existing within the supply chains that you're that are sourcing that product for you. So the notion of supply chain transparency, and I know our our teams and, and the, our frontiers teams are working on this at, at TradeShift. I think the notion of supply chain transparency is the dream that I think that any supply chain organization has had for some time. And I don't think it's ever been more within reach than it is now. So, you know, as we went through this discussion today, I think what we hopefully have called out is kind of the different things that, that each of those um, items that people talk about when they talk about technology and supply chain bring to the party. So blockchain brings trust. AI brings power. Um, iot brings in the voice of the user or the customer and i think as you get all of that data and you get you know you are able to integrate all that information all of a sudden supply chains they're not just a way of getting product to, from point a to point b from a business perspective they're a true competitive it's a true competitive advantage that you can bring to your organization so it's exciting times and and hopefully our chat today helped clarify uh, some of the technology and some of the um uh, the, the opportunities that exist out there today so Uh, more in our next episode. So thanks so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Supply Change, a trade shift podcast. Thanks for joining us.